You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for Seminal Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, headliner questions on Seminal Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Great to be with you as always. We'll get to your questions momentarily. Just a reminder, this hour brought to you by our friends at Birch Orthodontics. Birch Orthodontics, the best in the business. Both my boys and all of Ira's girls. And if Corey cared at all, his son would be there too. It's all a celebration of Birch Orthodontics this hour, of course. And uh, if you have orthodontic needs or your kids do, uh, in all seriousness, go check out Birch Orthodontics. It's a no-pressure group. You'll love them. They're professional, but they give you a lot of different options and uh, free consultation to boot. So there you go. Ira, anything you guys to think add I to could, that? You think I could drop in with Brady, like unannounced? I think, I, think if you, I think if you showed up at Birch Orthodontics and said, hey, I'm Corey Clark from Seminole Headlines, yeah. I think they would. Dr. Birch would be into the lobby within about five minutes. She You'd would have keep, a consultation. She would, have, she would leave tools in a kid's mouth to run out to the lobby to, Dude, to talk to me. When so when my kids were going there, I would literally would be talking to Dr. Birch sometimes, and my kids would be in there waiting for her. She wouldn't like make other kids wait. She'd right. make my kids wait sure. because right. you know she wanted to chat, talk a little FSU football. But then you know she gets right back at it. But but I think she would come out to see you, and then I think Brady would be so impressed. And be mm. so excited about what Dr. Birch can do. She would buy. Can, I, can I get Brady? And then Brady would Brady would move to Tallahassee full time. You, you'd have to stop. You, you wouldn't have to keep driving up there. Probably. Shanna, Shanna, and Ryan, they'd have to move down here. Or Shanna's the one that does the commute. Yeah, they'd all exactly because because I mean Brady wouldn't be able to walk out of there without signing <laughs> without signing an agreement to stay in the city. She's the best all recruiter right. in the business. There's no right. doubt. Yeah. Well, the good. Onward we go to the <laughs> headliner questions of the day. <laughs> Uh, Stevens writes, this, this is good. And it's also spelled B U R C H. It's all right there on the screen too. But if you're listening, you can spell Birch a number of different, well, probably just two, but it's B U R C H. Just throwing that out there. You got it. it. Stevens writes, what was your favorite air of the weekend? Feel free to include your favorite base running mistake as well. Uh, guys, I have to tell you, when you're being routed uh, 11 to 1, uh, I especially like it when you get a routine single and it goes under your glove and rolls to the fence and guys just run the bases. That's well, think fun. about but, that because but, he's, he's got to play at the plate. So he could have he kept it to 12 to 1 if he makes that throw. 
And whatever happened, why did they end up guys second and third? Like, how did that not clear the bases? Well, I they don't know. I guess scored, the kid got held up or didn't see it or something. They scored two runs. Yeah. I was like, it was like, like in Little League, we're like, okay, let's stop taking bases. My favorite one, I, look, man, I just love Tyler Martin's header. Um, you know, when he got caught in, in one of his Shut rundowns. Yeah. And he, dude, he might have a future in soccer. I mean, it was uh, that was impressive. Or as a seal at uh, SeaWorld. Yeah. <laughs> one the other. That was impressive. When that was say, crazy to get in a rundown and then jump. I mean, you got to be a little more subtle, man. You can't jump up and do a. So, he did a move that's never been done on a baseball field before. That's <laughs> awesome. I um. I also liked it was Terrell after a walk getting picked off between second and third. Yeah. Now, now, so I get. I mean, I'm not sure why. I'm. Uh, you assume that he's thinking there's you know the bunt's going to get down, but why are we bunting with was it three and zero? It was just the, the there was a lot of there's a lot of questions after that. Uh, after that, a lot, that, of, pain, uh, a lot of painful moments, guys. A lot of painful moments. Um, Kyle writes, "Hey guys, thanks for all the great content you put out. The Spanx lady just died. My condolences, and she left you each five hundred million dollars. Congratulations! Wow. What are the top three things each of you build buy for FSU athletics? Well, I, I think I can speak for the three of us when I say." We're not spending a penny right now on FSU athletics. We're going to sit back and wait till this sea change occurs and we figure out exactly what's what. Because I'm not just throwing away five hundred million dollars, guys, on well, statues. Look, man, you could throw away you could throw away twenty million. You still got four eighty in the bank. I, I hey, listen. Hey. You don't know. You don't know that twenty million. That could be a, a beautiful, beautiful condo in Paris. I'm going to hold off. Hey, and don't try to shelter any. Don't try to shelter any of that money because Corey will come after you. Oh, I will. Yeah, he'll expose me out here, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I would finally get Jimbo to dance on my lawn. I don't know what that would take, but I think $12 million for 30 minutes would get him here. I don't know. You don't think he'd do it for – you don't think Jimbo think price, would dance on my is, lawn for $12 million? I think the price has gone up. I was gonna say I'm not talking about it every day for a year. He's doing it for 30 minutes for $12 million. I don't think there's – there might be nine people in the country that wouldn't do it. For, for 30 minutes. But um, I don't know what I would build. I, I guess I would build um, – no, what would I do, honestly, what would it take to move the baseball stadium to College Town, in front of College Town, the intramural fields? That's probably a $40 million endeavor, 30 or $40 million, $50 million. That would That would definitely get it going. I don't know if that would cover it. But listen, man, I'll, I'll say this. If you don't build Mickey Andrews a statue or something, I'm calling you out because well, you've been bitching about that. 15 years. I'm going to build a and statue. And you're going to get 500 behind. million dollars and you're not going to do something for Mickey Andrews. That's I'm going to build him. I'm going to, I'm going to rename it, uh, Mickey Andrews way. I'm going to rename the stadium after him. I'm also going to have a statue right behind the Al Dunlap statue with Mickey with a chainsaw going at his knees, going at Dunlap's knees. And what's Florida state going to do? Oh, we don't want your money. I get to tell them what I want my statue to be and they're going to do it. So I got a lot of ideas. Actually, I got a lot of ideas. I'm going to put a McDonald's sign on the back of the scoreboard. <laughs> Smart. I think it's a good look for when you go down games. Or why don't we just put our Seminole Headlines uh, logo on there? That, the three that actually – well, that should be on the 50-yard line maybe. Um, for enough yeah, money, would, it would be. Jeff, you wouldn't You wouldn't cut them off. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. The celebration of me pouring the champagne. <laughs> Jeff, you wouldn't cut them off five or ten mil just off the top just to kind of get the aisle – Get, get it going, get some players in here. Yeah, you yeah, would. I think, I think that in order to keep from being bored, once I figured out what I was giving my friends and family and I'd stored away to ensure a luxurious retirement for myself uh, and my wife, 
I think I would get involved in NIL as an I would lead the charge. I'd be the guy. There would be like I'm not reaching out to Matthew Quigley. Shout out Matthew Quigley. I'm taking over from this point forward. This is how this is working, guys. You call me when you need to know who we're giving what to, okay? The spear's not rising anymore. It has risen. It is me. It is me. Right. You guys are operating beneath me, and I'm telling you where this money's going. So we've got great ideas, Ira. You haven't said anything. What are you doing? Just putting it in the Caymans? Uh, are you coming after my money too? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Is. Look at him. Yeah. He's already yeah. thinking about how he's going to get your money. I'm tired of you guys uh, not paying your, uh, paying your share. I would, uh, you know what, man? I, I think the baseball stadium is a nice idea. Also uh, a new basketball facility, basketball practice facility, the facility Leonard Hamilton has always wanted, even though he won't be here to enjoy it. Uh, maybe the Leonard Hamilton practice facility and build it the way he really wanted it. Not the way it was built before he got the job here. That would be a big one. Okay. Fair. We did it. Uh, Michael writes, I know we all thought meat was going to clean up a lot of the sloppiness that plagued the late 11 teams, but could it be that they played sloppy because he was the de facto coach during that time too? Does make sense. The issues haven't been fixed since the time that 11 has left. Yeah, no, if anything, I think some of the issues have gotten oddly worse. Somebody jokingly texted, uh, me and Ira that maybe, uh, meat was holding 11 back there at the end of those years supposed to the other way uh look i mean i think you know you can look at it two ways on the one hand like with, with basketball when early in leonard hamilton's tenure when the team was not very good they were bad at the free throw line they were bad at end game situations well once they got better players those things resolved themselves we, you know so from one on the one hand you could say man get better infielders i mean i don't know how you end up signing a guy who can't throw from second to first base so that that seems to be one part of the solution but then again, I think the other part of it is what we touched on earlier. It's not just about taking ground balls. It's about understanding the game and being committed and not losing focus and whatever that attention to detail is. There's something there about that, that this team is not – it's just there's more to it to me than just fundamentals. But I do think getting better players is a start. You need to get kids who can play the position, and you know they at least have one kid who couldn't play the position. And then maximize their potential, right? When they're here, right. like I, I don't understand how Brock Mathis never caught. He caught like nine games this year, or, or just didn't play. I mean, the kid Corey, averaged a home run every Corey, eleven at bats. Do you not see the fielding prowess, the power from Colton Vincent that you expected to see I mean, as, so the, as the replacement? So that's again, that's my point. I know they had a kid that they wanted a catcher, and I get it. I understand the. You know the circumstances change, but you have a you know you have an infielder who can't play the position. Really, a couple spots you don't have infielders that really can't play the position. You have a first baseman who's not athletic enough that to, to the level you need. You've got a catcher who can't hit at all. I mean, those are fundamental problems. We can talk about all these other intangibles. There, there were fundamental problems with this yeah. team. And you know, again, he's been the head coach for three years. Well, and, I, and the, the going back to Vincent, he had they had twenty nine pass balls as a team. By the way, Notre Dame has twelve. So, again, that's 17 extra errors, just a catcher. And Colton Vincent had 21 of those pass balls to go along with, you know, a 195 batting average and a 235 slugging. Meanwhile, you had a kid on your bench who clearly wasn't a very good catcher if he couldn't beat out, Colt, couldn't beat out Colton Vincent. I get that. But he hit six home runs. He had the highest slugging percentage on your team. He had six home runs in 67 at-bats. He was hitting a home run every 11 at-bats. But in that final game, who's your DH? Tyler Martin, who has, doesn't have a home run in his career and can't run. I mean, he's, he gets on base at a good clip because he'll walk, but he doesn't do anything for you once he's on base because he can't run real well. And you've got Brock Mathis, who's your only legitimate power threat outside of Terrell, 
and well, uh, he can't play. That, that's, well, that's it's, it's the managing in game and in season, not just the players too. That was all so confounding. Yeah, I was just about to say for a team that lacks power, you're sitting a guy with all of the power. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that's that's rather frustrating. Uh, Burke Buchanan writes, in the opinion of the headliner crew, is AD Alford capable of bringing FSU's big three, football, basketball, baseball, back to national relevance? Listen, I, that that's not all on the athletic director. Obviously, we're, we're talking about the ever-changing climate of college athletics and, and where the money situation stands for Florida State. But um, he's about to have his first big test, and he's about to have several of them. Uh, if you think about it, because first of all, now, obviously they just extended Lonnie. So that's a good thing. And obviously they're excited to get that done from there. You look forward. He's going to have to make a decision on Mike Martin jr. Sooner rather than later. I doubt it's done this year, but if they're not any good next year, he's got a decision to make on his hands. Yeah. I think just by definition, Leonard Hamilton's going to be 74 years old before the start of the next, next season. So he's going to have a decision to make at basketball in the near future. Okay. That's just a given. And Ham's not going to coach forever. Uh, and obviously we're in the midst of all wringing our hands about what to do with this football program. And if this is a season in which they don't win eight games and they're six and six or they're middling or whatever that might be, then he's going to have a hard decision to make moving forward with football as well. So we're about to find out. I don't know if he's capable or not. I don't think any of us could possibly know that. We just know that he now has the autonomy that previous athletic directors post Dave Hart never had. Yeah, he certainly does. Especially he's got a president who's not heavily involved in athletics. He's got, he's in charge of Seminole boosters. He's in charge of the athletics department and you know, the board of trustees will have ultimate oversight. And there are some people uh, on the board that have a lot of interest in athletics. So he'll get input, but yeah, it's going to be on him. And uh, you know, I, that's why they're putting all these resources into football. They've spent a ton of money on support staff to try to improve what, what Mike, Mike Norvell has to work with because they need him to succeed. Now, if he doesn't succeed, then yeah, man, he's going to have a, uh, he's going to figure out what, he, what he's going to do because uh, this is a huge year for the football program, but ultimately for the athletic department. Agreed. I'm just excited that we have a, a big boy athletic director and I don't, I'm not even talking about his qualifications, just that Florida state is now in a position like so many other schools uh, were in while we were still sort of on the back end of that previous arrangement with boosters that rendered the athletic director impotent. Now you have an athletic director who's tasked with the responsibility of these things of which we speak, and we'll find out if he's good or not. He'll get fired if he's not, but now we know it's on him. You know, the buck Agreed. stops there. It's good. You, it's important. You, you get the Twitter questions too, or are we just doing Facebook? I'm just trying I've to done four straight Twitter questions, Ira. That's, that's what I like to hear. I never want to hear you ask me suck again. It. Suck it, Corey. <laughs> Man, uh, that hurt. That hurt. That stings. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. I, I, I can, I can hear the derision in the voice. Come on now. I'm balanced around here. It's these days. weird that you re you keep rewarding the squeaky wheel. Like um, I don't get, I've never once asked you, Hey, are we doing some Facebook questions now? But I no, does it every never, year. never once, never let, once. Let me, let me, let me I know the that. one year, the one week I didn't have to worry about it because you didn't even ask for Twitter questions. Yeah. The one thing I would say is both of you could can stand down because at various points you've bitched and complained about the way that I guide this. Well, ship. that's a good point. You're right and, about that. And, and so I think, I think we just have learned our lesson. You're wasting here. all this time. You could have asked another question. Let's go. I could have, but I was busy assuring Ira <laughs> that Twitter was well represented. Right. Uh, Butcher, I tell, oh boys, I'll be brief. How does the baseball team shape up for next year? 
You think we lose Messick and Hubbard to the league given their less than stellar performances at the end of the season? Keep up the great work. Yeah, Messick is gone. And uh, as far as Hubbard goes, um, he might be the most disappointing element of the baseball team this year. I thought uh, probably, what, his last four to five starts, you pretty much had, could guarantee that he wasn't going to give you anything of any value? Correct. Yeah, I would agree with that because at the beginning of the year, it was like, well, which one of these guys is actually better? Like mm-hmm. Hubbard was putting up huge strikeout numbers, and Hubbard was throwing seven innings of one-run ball. Yeah. And then once he got into the heart of ACC competition and then late in the year, oh, well, let's see if he can get you through three. Let's see if he can get you to the fourth inning. That's, that's, what, that's what the bar became for him. But he's still a talent, so you assume you know yeah. he'll he'll he, he will he'll have an opportunity to make a decision. Uh, we'll have to see. But I think that what everybody's more focused on, I think, is is the younger guys because you know particularly Ferrer and Tibbs, and I mean there's there's some young talent on this team. Tibbs is my guy right there. Yeah. Well, you, you love this. You love the left-handed swing. Just, well, it's just uh, a gorgeous swing. He's got power to all fields. He can drive the. I mean, listen, don't yeah. screw him up, or else I'm off of you for life. Because yeah. he's that's about as good as you can get right there. And so Ferrer was probably their best overall player offensively. Uh, probably like was their best overall player. They got two good guys. Roberts, I guess, could come back. Um, but yeah, man, there, there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of issues, including. Uh, uh, who's going to be your star- who's going to be your starting pitchers? Carson Montgomery, Crowell, like who who who's going to be Ross Dunn after that debacle in Auburn? Like who 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 do you bring back to pitch on this team? By the way, that's another problem. Ross Dunn's got really good stuff. There's no reason to watch this guy fall to pieces and yeah. look like he's never pitched a day in his life by season's end. When we all saw that kid pitch, we've all seen the stuff. It's 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 as good as almost anybody on this team has. So. Well, and that's going to be the challenge because when you talked about recruiting and like, what are you selling as a vision of the, the program? You know, if you go back to like O'Sullivan, when O'Sullivan came into Florida and really kind of took over the state, it was because of what he had done with arms in his previous stops. He was known as a guy who could get more velocity. He could turn guys into first round picks as pitchers. And then he proved it. Like he proved it at Florida. They had success. They, they you know, win national title. I mean, it's, it's rolling now. It seems to be kind of coming back down. But, but that's how he did it. When Meat kind of really took over recruiting and then coming into being a coach, he was selling a lot of that. And I, they did well on recruiting. I think they recruited better these last few years than they have been earlier. But the problem now is you don't have anything to back it up with. And some when you have players, again, Carson Montgomery, Montgomery's a great example. He's got as good a stuff as anybody in the country and cannot be effective as a pitcher. That hurts you on the recruiting trail. Well, I've got a bunch of really good questions on both Twitter and Facebook mm, that we've nice. got to get to. We will do so momentarily. Some of the headlines continues in a moment. 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Ho, 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 horizons, it took, bar and grill. It took all the strength I had not to interrupt you, turn <laughs> off your mic, and go home. Do you like how I closed my eyes when I sang? Too? Oh, believe me, that was the best part. <laughs> I didn't look at it, thankfully. It was unbelievable. He looked like, like Al Jarreau or something. <laughs> Luther Vandross. Well, he was making sure it was there. I want to apologize to Horizon Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, Their delicious food uh, should not be overlooked by Corey's singing. Man, that's a great jingle game. The restaurant itself. Uh, but Horizons Bar and Grill is where, Ira? Bannerman Crossing. You're damn right it is. Tallahassee, off Thomasville Road and Bannerman Road. 
It's uh man, it's just it's incredible food, incredible people, incredible beers. It's where we are a lot. We're, hey, before a, the end of the group. week, fellas, uh, any week, like you could be listening to this six weeks from yeah. now. Let's let's all get together at Horizons Bar and Grill. We're there a lot. We really are. So if you want to see this in person, this trio, <laughs> never in mind person, the food, you get to see the three of us. But yeah, the food and the the drinks, the the patio, it's all good, man. It's all working. If it's you, all working. At and Horizons. if you sing the theme song, they'll give you some free food. I think. I think you get the bill is paid for if you sing the song, but with, you have to sing it like I do. With, and tell them Corey's saying with a bar tab. Yes, it's amazing. Correct. It's, it, it's incredible. It's incredible. Keeps growing. They're yeah. so kind. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Steve Wright, gentlemen, thanks for the laugh. laughs in the insights. The last time we looked that bad on national television, FSU fired Willie Taggart. Please explain why Mike Martin Jr. should be different. I really can't tell the difference between this year and last. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a fair question. It's not even this year and last. It's really not a difference between this year and 2019. And I know that team went to Omaha, but it was a very very flawed baseball team that got hot. Um, but you know, it's been two years. It's been two years, and you know he's got this year coming up to prove that at least it's upwardly mobile. Because right now it isn't. Right well, now it's think, stuck in mud. Yeah, but the the point people the that questioner is asking is Willie Tiger got less less than two years. Oh, I would think the difference is that football matters and college baseball really doesn't from a financial sense. You know what I mean? Like people don't come to baseball games, you're not losing a ton of money. People stop coming to football games, you're losing your revenue. I think uh, that's a yeah. I think that's a big part of it. I think the other another thing I would say, and again, I'm not saying one way or the other. Like if 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 Florida State made a change. And they decided that this is not where they want to go because the things they've seen behind the scenes, like I couldn't like write a column saying, oh, what a tra- tragic mistake this right. has been firing right. Mike Martin Jr. But I think one of the differences is Mike Martin Jr. was here for 20 years. He did have success in the program. Uh, there are people in the program who know him. There are donors who support him, who believe in him. And so that's those are all things Willie Taggart didn't have. And then there was so much going wrong behind the scenes with Willie Taggart that that it's the biggest part of the answer right there, Ira, because in that way, if they found out it was similar, you could make the change and really you wouldn't have to waver. Willie wasn't simply fired because the on the field record was abysmal. And it was, it was because it was abysmal and all of the stuff behind the scenes led nobody to believe it was going to get better. And so you had to combine those factors If, in fact, the record on the field here is poor and the way the game is played here is poor currently and you were to find out, and I don't know this, I'm not in that clubhouse, I'll reiterate that, but if you were to find out that there's a a mutiny on our hands and that nobody likes playing for the guy and that we have problems in terms of communication and his coaches want out or something like that, like you had with Willie, by the way, then yeah, you could let him go and nobody would yeah. say that that was the wrong move. You would say if they like, had to. And I would say if, if like Tibbs, Ferrer, Montgomery, Bowmeister, whoever else went in the portal and transferred, the, you, you yeah. have a real, you'd have a real, you'd have a real reason to be like, okay, well, this isn't working. There's you, none of these players want to play for you and you're not very good anyway. So that, that, I mean, that's, you know, if something like that happened, then yeah, I think there's a, there would be a real chance, but Hey, I, we like Tibbs and Ferrer. We, we certainly hope that doesn't happen. Sean writes, shout out to the animals and to Tom Lang for linking up with us in Auburn this weekend. Wish we could have seen you guys up there. If you are the AD and given everything you know and have seen thus far from our baseball team in the last three years, I'm curious, what would each of you do? 
That's from Sean, who has been a loyal and uh, unwavering supporter of Seminole Headlines. I would, I would tell you that I was glad I was not there at Auburn. What occurred at Auburn was exactly what I thought would happen at Auburn. Not the 21-7, to seven, though. Yeah, that was no, out of the realm. That was out of the realm of what we thought would happen. I, I thought know. they'd you lose, too, but that was crazy. You weren't stunned. You weren't stunned. I, I'm, again, I'm going to get back to something that I said on, on Monday. The fact that they looked terrible and lost uh, wasn't surprising. What would have been stunning is if they'd won the regional. Right. That's yeah. how far they've fallen. And played like airless ball. Yeah. Like just that committed been, one error the whole weekend. Yeah. And, and, and to the point from earlier, that wouldn't have erased all the other issues. Uh, you know, just getting hot one weekend. But what would you do, uh, Ira? What would you I mean, do if you were offered? Look, here's the challenge, and this is where, again, like I, I, I try not to be as reactionary, and I think we try to be not as reactionary sometimes as as fans might be, because you know we have a platform where, where we try to be responsible. A lot of times, there are things going on behind the scenes that we don't have information about. So if I'm Michael Alford, I damn sure want to know. I want to have real conversations with Mike Martin Jr., his staff, and several of the players about what happened, what's going on, try to get a clear picture of it and whether, and find out what is the problem. And if the problem does rely on the head coach and if it is rest there, then what can be done about it? Can it be fixed? And if not, then you got to make a tough decision, but it's hard for us to say based on the product on the field, based on the, the information we have, the fact that you went, uh, you've, you've two full seasons, both seasons, you made the NCAA tournament, which is not good. I mean, it's not, that's not the standard. The standard is to go further than that. But you did make the NCAA tournament. This is a guy who uh, his family and the the name is synonymous with the program. You hired him, not Michael Offer, but the school hired him. If you were to fire him two years later, just based on the results on the field, to me, that would be a bad sign. It would be a bad sign to other coaches. Just like I thought firing, firing Willie in the first two years was a, was a, probably limited their ability to go get other head coaches. That's, that's a drastic measure. For a school to take, and and so if you were to do that, how loyal are you going to be to anybody else? If you're going to fire Mike Martin Jr. Jr. two years now, if there's more going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to, then maybe you have to make that decision. But that's I would look long and hard. I would not just rubber stamp an extension and say figure it out next year. This is a it's it's a crisis, no question. So you hit on the thoroughness that is necessary. I mean, you have to vet the entirety of the situation if you're Michael Alford. This is true of any athletic director. And again, I'm going to refer to something that I said I'm happy about. He has the power to do it now. This is He's got control to where if he makes a decision, drastic or otherwise, it's his say. It's, he, it's his reputation and his job title that's on the line. So he owes it to uh, Mike Martin Jr., uh, the program, the fans, certainly owes it to the players and their families to have a thorough understanding of what is going on here and to go about the process of trying to fix it. I'm sure that those, for lack of a better term, exit meetings are going to be pretty interesting because I think a lot of people will have a lot to say about what's happened here the last two years. And you will have a better understanding at the very least uh, of what you're presented with in terms of making a decision whether to fire or move on. And And Alford's a baseball guy, right? That's what I was just going to say. Not only is he a baseball guy – but he was at that regional. You know, he was yeah. in the stands. That's embarrassing. When you're the athletic director mm-hmm. and your program looks like that on a big stage, that's embarrassing. You're embarrassing the school, the brand, the program. All of those things are important to Michael Alford. So, yeah, man, he's going to take this very seriously. But, so, but you know, I, I, my, if I was him, I would legitimately ask because the record is one thing. Getting in the tournament is one. Like, it is hard to win in college baseball now. There is parity everywhere. It's hard to get to 40 wins now. Um but why, why are the problems that were there at the end of 11's tenure, the base running and the fielding, 
still so bad. I would take a microscopic view and say, what are you doing to fix this? Because if you can't fix it, we have to figure out a way to get somebody in here that will, because this can't just be in the DNA of our program to be awful at fielding and to be, it's like the same thing with an offensive line at Florida state. It just can't be in the DNA of the program to always have a, uh, an offensive line that sucks. You've got to get, you've got to become better. You've got to have a plan for this. And in baseball, again, it's not nearly on the scale. Mike Martin Jr. makes like $400,000 a year. He makes less than Lonnie. Um, so it's not like it's a, it's a financial hit um, that you're paying this guy huge sums of money to be your baseball coach. But I want to know why it looks like this every year. Every year, nothing seems to get better. And where you're, I know it was only your second full year, but it's year three of you running this program. Really quickly, I want to get, get this better. Really quickly, I want to get to another question. Okay. Uh, somebody just asked us uh, on Twitter, Ira, uh, whether or not Mike Norvell is an elite coach, and what will it take for him to prove that he is? Hoisting that, uh, well, it's not a crystal ball anymore. I don't even know what the trophy <laughs> looks like anymore. You want to say this, like the what was the what was the original one? Um, wasn't the Sears Trophy? Was it? What was it? What was it called? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I it was the BCS yeah, Sears Trophy yeah, back, yeah, back when yeah. Sears was a thing. Yeah. I thought you were going to reference go far that far back. We're, we're fond of doing so on some of the headlines. We are. Year. We are. Uh, I Look, I think Mike Norvell can be an elite coach. I honestly do. As a coach, you know, to me, there's two different things. Like, right. you could be a great coach at a bunch of different levels. The only question I have with Mike Norvell is, can he do it at this level, get the kind of players you need, do whatever you've got to do, whatever it is, to get that level of players? That is to be determined because he's never done it. I, I know he can coach. I've watched him at practice. Yeah. I tweeted about it last summer. This guy could coach. I, I've watched the way he manages players. I watched the way he works, his attention to detail. There, are, there are a lot of things. Yeah, we've all been out there. There are a lot of things to really like about Mike Norvell as a coach, especially on the grass, but also off the field as well. Can he get those elite players? That, man, that's, that's going to be ultimately what determines it because he's not going to win at the level Florida State needs to win at with the type of players they've been bringing in. And this recruiting, recruiting class they've got going right now doesn't look like it's going to be it either. So now he thinks, I think, they think if they win this year, that's going to change. But, man, that has to happen. You have to get elite football players. They don't get them by and large. That's uh, yeah, I don't have to say anything else to that. I don't think Corey does either. The bottom line is we all think he can coach football. But, of course, there's a lot more to coaching football at a place like Florida State especially than just understanding the X's and O's of the game and understanding how to teach it. you got to bring in elite players to execute the play, game plan, elite players to dominate and play at a national championship level. And so far, like you've said correctly, now he's had a lot of sets of circumstances right. that have prohibited him from getting those great players. But at some point, you got to get them because at some point, I don't really care all the reasons why you're not. I just care that you aren't. It's uh, Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Continues with more of your questions in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. Glenn writes, Mike gets a little more leash because he is competent and can put together a complete sentence uh, talking about the frustrations of uh, the last few years in football and how well Mike communicates a vision. I will say this. I think that Norvell has done a very good job of tempering expectations more than anything else. I think he has never once overstated uh, what he thought the team could be, but he does have expectations. And again, I would think that that's – uh, the right balance, right, of knowing that where you got to be and you know you're not yet, but without telling anybody that you're going to win 11 games. Yeah, and I would think that would be uh, one of the issues people have with Meat after this past year when he was on your show talking about having the best pitching staff in the country and they're going to be able to pitch it better than anyone and they're going to pick up the baseball, they're going to be all this, and it just never materialized. So, 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 you know, hearing him, and it's great that he does that each year, give you gives you an hour to go over the whole team, but then when mo- many of the topics he hits don't end up even becoming remotely true, you, you kind of wonder about his vision and his reality versus what his reality versus the real reality. More questions. Let's jump back over to Facebook. And who would your top three candidates be for a baseball coach if Martin was to be let go? Do we try to bring home Link? Do you look at Ramsey? Does Buster Posey want to coach? Uh, I would throw in uh, that uh, – who was it uh, that was up? I'm trying to think of the names that were in the running, guys, uh, at that time. Doug Mankiewicz was, was also in the running, was he not? Yeah, it wasn't yeah, Pedro, yeah. Graf- Pedro Graffol? Was, was he mm-hmm. one that was in it? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Link Jarrett's the one everybody wants, obviously. But the problem is the price of business definitely went up. He's had a lot of success now at Notre Dame at a high level. And, uh, you know, so I don't know whether or not – if whenever that time comes, if they have a chance to make a move there – um, if that's you know an option that's on the table, he's definitely I think number one on most people's list. What about I eleven? Can't... Bring him back? You yeah. think he would? You go for that? I, did, I mean, that would be that, you'd make Sports Center. You'd make like sixty minutes if the son got fired and the dad took back over the old job. Really quickly, I, I think uh, all jokes aside, what we're getting at here is that is there any question whatsoever? Uh, about uh, Meat's position going into next year, assuming he's back, and that is that of a man squarely on the hot seat. Period. Yeah, I don't know how you could be. How how could you not be? Uh, how yeah. could you not be after? Again, it's not just the records, and it's not just what they're doing in the postseason. It looks the same problems are still here. They will not get. They have not been fixed, and I think that's that's what needs to be addressed quickly. Because again, if they strike out a ton, uh, run the bases like they're nine years old and can't and feel like they're nine years old, 
Yeah, man, that's a real question of whether like, okay, this, whatever you're trying to teach and instill has not worked and it will not work. Well, and like we touched on earlier, I mean, a lot of these things with a new athletic director, especially, you know, he's being evaluated as well. So if, if you go into this off season, if things don't get fixed, if you give an extension to Mike Martin Jr., but maybe kids that you want to stay in the program don't stay in the program or things kind of start trending in the wrong direction or, uh, you know, next season is, is, you know, you just say we need to give him a vote of confidence and then go into next season and it's a disaster or, or goes in the wrong direction. Those things now all reflect on him because he's the AD now. Just like the, you know, Mark Corian leaving was a, was a blow to Michael Alford's esteem because it clearly there was some sort of disconnect between those two. Now he kind of mitigated it some by going and making a really nice hire. He got a very successful coach from an SEC school to come to Florida State. That, you know, he mitigated some of that damage. Keeping on Lonnie Alameda, that's something that people will be very excited about. If basketball continues to do well, all those things, it's like a constant report card. But this is one that, you know, baseball is a big deal at Florida State. People are going to be watching not just how meat does, but how Michael Alford handles it. This is perhaps the best question of the day. The man goes is Pepper it Facebook or, Is it Facebook or Twitter? It is, uh, it is Twitter. Sorry. It oh, is Twitter. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a stunner. It was a strong week from Twitter. That's why yeah. I just I had to step up for everybody. Uh, Ghost Pepper Nate writes, <laughs> if the Lightning get to game six, what period does Corey leave in? <laughs> The good news for Brady um, is that uh, I'll be in the hotel right across the street, apparently. So I'm not in any rush to beat the traffic. Um, so, yeah, so that's – we'll be there the whole time. And I don't care if they win or lose, so I don't have to turn my head or cover my eyes. I'll just be enjoying the so, enjoying the show. A cu- couple of things. I've been to the uh, hotel that you're staying at across the street numerous times. Secondly, don't you but dare – but, but, but you probably didn't pay for it. You were probably comped. No, I pay. I paid for the hotel. I paid for the hotel. Not the but tickets, though. No. Uh, not the tickets, no. Um, uh, no, I, I don't pay for for most things, guys. I've reached the level that's, of fame. You know this. I'm not paying. You certainly don't pay your taxes. Yeah, <laughs> not on illegal gambling winnings. Right. Uh, now, really quickly, uh, Corey. What I will say is, you cannot blaspheme on this show. You damn well care who wins that game, and you are rooting for the Lightning. Or don't go into that stadium. Buddy, I got, I'm going to have my ass back to the house and watch it or the hotel. I don't want this. Non- I'm going to have my Martin St. Louis jersey on, buddy. Okay. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm going to I'm some throwback. No, I, I'm, I'll definitely be rooting for the home team, but I won't be nervous. I will you know, tell that's you. That's what I meant. Yeah. I will tell you, get there early, Corey, because the pregame is phenomenal. It's one of the coolest beginnings to any uh, pregame. To do they any do like game. Zamboni tricks? Oh, they no, they do. It's just a really cool presentation. How do you even? How do you cheer at a hockey game? Like in baseball, oh, you cheer strikeouts or big hits, double plays. Hockey, like way to slam them in the boards. I mean, like yeah, what I'll do, do you that. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, yell that people, out. Lots of people cheer people being slammed against boards. That's a lot more entertaining than a strikeout. Um, no, I, I would, I'd say yes. That that that's violence. You cheer violence in mass, uh, gotcha. and you I'm gonna celebrate taunt, like at the Coliseum. Much Igor, the way you I'll, I'll taunt their their goalie. Igor is his name. Uh, and I nobody think. taunts. There's no real taunting. Uh, there is a celebration oh. of violence. There is a celebration of goals. There is a celebration okay. of uh, excellent play, like it is in any other sport. Hey, like like um, we said, we said before that Mike Norvell is going to live a lifetime before he he gets over that Jacksonville State game. Corey, at what point do you think you'll get over the embarrassment of leaving that Braves game? Like, what? What? Like, how many? How many? Like, what's going to have to happen for you to live that down? Because that's well, that's is that more embarrassing or me not watching it all? One single pitch of them winning the World Series. 
Like me, yeah. me watching a Jake Gyllenhaal movie maybe it's, where he's a. Maybe it's the whole performance. Maybe it's, it's I all, think it's all the totality of it is completely embarrassing. But again, I feel in the losing the money, betting against my team, lots of money I lost the whole the whole month. That whole two week stretch uh, was not Corey Clark's finest hour. But I got a championship out of it, Ira. You know what though? If you do win some money in blackjack, you can write off the loss from the your Braves sure. series. So I, I did figure out why I asked that. I was at Cherokee Casino with my buddy playing that craps game I was telling you about, which is uh, bubble craps where you're hitting a button to roll the dice. And on my roll, I rolled like 36 straight times. And he won like twenty-seven or $2,900 just at that machine. Mm. And so when he got his ticket, they wouldn't let him cash out. Yeah, they had no. to, he had to come over and sign something, sign a form well, because he had won that kind to, of money. Yeah, you'd have to reconcile it. Yeah. Brandon writes, do you feel that every fan base overreacts at every little thing, like the FSU fan base does, no matter the sport, it is only bad or burn it to the ground. No other options. <laughs> Probably. I will say this. As, as, a, a, as a fringe member, I'm not even a member of the UGA fan base, necessarily. I dip my toe in occasionally. Yeah. Um, the, with their reaction losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game uh, dwarfs any, any reaction to an FSU baseball loss. I mean, it was over the top. Like, he's never going to beat him. He keeps starting this bum at quarterback. They've got well, no chance. Uh, he's never going to win. Hold on. That was kind that of was a fair assessment. Well, sure, but, like, it ended up working out all right. right. And, right. and that reaction that day, and I was even telling my friends, well, like, man, they're going to play him again. Like, the, the, right. this, the game didn't matter for Georgia at all. They knew they were in. Alabama had to win. It will be different. And let's hope one or both of their, ba their badass receivers get hurt. And they did. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Good There's hope. a championship for you, baby. Yeah, I, I, I understand though. In a weird way, Georgia's frustrations in losing that game and just losing period after years and years of building to that point and thinking that it was going to elude them again. I could understand the desperation and irrationality. Georgia, more than most programs, had had this very hoity belief that they were an elite program with zero evidence to prove it. Right, right. And and so they were tired of having to hear the justifiable retorts from their SEC brethren or really football elite company all over the country saying, would you stop, Georgia? You act like you've ever done anything. Yeah. Herschel Walker was a long time ago. Jesus. So that's why people were ripping Georgia. That's why Georgia fans felt so fed but it, up. It was that game was an odd time to do it because it didn't really matter. That's the, the main goal was still out there, and you still had a very good chance of, of getting but it. But to answer the question, I do believe that almost every passionate fan base of any team, program, franchise, you name it, are all irrational. I, I have discovered that over the years that none of them – are fair-minded in any way, shape, or form. Ira, yeah, it's I like mean, me with the Lightning. Like, when they lost those first two games up in New York, I was through. I'm like, I'm you, not cheering for these boys anymore. These are these guys are bums. You burned a jersey you just bought last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Uh, But no, but but I, no, I, I think it's, it's, it is universal. But I think what's a little bit unique with Florida State is Florida State does have a, for whatever reason, seems to have a bigger, more active Twitter presence than a lot of fan bases. And so it's not just contained to your message boards. Uh, it's it's in, on Twitter for everybody. And I think that so, – and, again, like we see it. Anytime there's a Twitter poll, Florida State usually wins it. Best mascot, whatever uh, whatever it is, best traditions. Florida State's Twitter – FSU Twitter is a thing, and I think that exacerbates it where everything's magnified. But, yeah, man, it's, I think it's the same with every fan base. 
Eric writes, Jeff, enough time has passed that I can reveal that I was your mole in 2008 that helped you break the news that Tavares Presley was, in fact, enrolled at FSU. Mm. We all remember where we were when that news hit, don't we? Jokes aside, how do you guys maintain your sources with turnover and regime changes? Ira? Yeah, no, I mean, that is definitely a challenge. I mean, people, uh, you know, and it's certainly, uh, you know, in a a program like Florida State, you know, you've got so many different people that are involved. There's so many people around the program that have been around the program uh, that maybe don't work for the university. So that helps to some degree. Um, you know, if there's, you know, longtime fans, supporters, donors, different people like that. Um, but it's, yeah, that's a challenge. I mean, Florida State for a long time had the same administration, same head coaches for most of the sports. So it, it was easier. Uh, but once you start having that turnover, it definitely becomes tougher. But I, I do think the fact that we've been in the market for so long helps. You know, people will, I mean, while we're on this show, uh, some, a guy just DM me, somebody who's in the chat, DMing me with information about the baseball situation because, you know, who was it? Who was it? And what did he say? Uh, Oh, we don't do that, right? We don't reveal that. You know, I mean, well, it's just based on what we, uh, I mean, Mm. we got to verify it, but you know, also I would make sure not only in addition to telling us his name, uh, please give that phone number so that I can reach out to him, but do so publicly here so that we can get confirmation of some of the things. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's part of it as well, but yeah, that's it change uh, turnover definitely yeah, you can it. also pay sources right ira that's something we we've started doing at war channel we pay a sure. hundred dollars a tip for those that don't get sarcasm that has not happened we're not doing that <laughs> not we're, not paying, we're not paying anybody for that uh i would also say that the interest and, and i think it's to your point about being in the market for as long as we have we we do get presented with a lot of stuff and there is a lot of tracking down information uh or following up on information um just because obviously we do have a platform and uh, people do reach out because they trust that we're going to do the right thing with it. But and it's always, it, it's a, it's a fun balance, right? Cause you can hear some pretty damn interesting things. You're like, well, if that's true, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. The, yeah, most of the time it's not, or there's a different variation of what I just heard. Um, all right. Well, I will say the, the, the craziest time. And we've talked about before, but just the craziest time ever was the, you know, we were about to record, and and we started hearing things about Jameis. Jameis. I mean, that was uh, that was a that was a uh, a difficult. Did we did the show? No. I think we still did the. Did we scrap no. it? We scrapped. No, it. I, I was on my way, and you made me go tell Jeff That's right. what the what the what the news was going to be. So yeah, uh, but that was when we used I, to record the show. But yeah, now right. we keep it live, so we can't. Uh, I will say, and it's a fun peek into how we do it. We only have a few minutes left in the show today. Um, it is weird because there are several times we've been on the air where something of significance, maybe not salacious, sometimes salacious, but usually something of major significance that does happen. There was the seminal headline curse that lasted for a very, very long time. And some of the times the thing that was going to break mere minutes after we finished recording was something that was sent to us in the midst of the final seven minutes of the show. We'd done the whole damn thing. And you're like, well, now what do we do here? And it would we make it irrelevant. To... It would make yeah. it irrelevant what we had just talked about. Well, and that's why we made uh, you know reference to the Seminole Headlines curse for a while there. It was amazing. We were like, okay, this is great. We'll just do a show. If we want something to break, just do a show. Schedule a show. <laughs> it was definitely the recording part maximized it because we would record in the mornings and then it would air in the afternoon. Your show used to be three to six. Well, you know, and it was in the afternoon. Um, so and sometimes we would, the show would run – Sometimes in the last two hours, like four to six or whatever, but we recorded it in the morning. So was, there was that window of time for the curse to really get us. 
Uh, now doing it live, at least we could react to it if something happens. That's right. Show. That's right. Gary writes, Jeff, nice shirt. Thank you, Gary. I agree. He writes, talk me off the talk me off the edge, guys. Top 10 would be nice, but they really need a top five recruiting class to be a playoff-bound team. I don't think eight to nine wins this year helps them crack that top 10. It just feels like a seven to eight win program in perpetuity. Well, first of all, Gary, I'd like to win eight games for a yeah. couple years in a row. That would just be- figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a big start right there. Let's get to that eight-win plateau there that you think we're stuck on. Let's get there first. Um, secondly, if you start winning games, your ability to recruit top ten classes is readily available because of where you're located. It's the distinct advantage that Florida State has always had. Several schools do in the Southeast, but that that is a, a huge advantage. It's why you're not going to be mired necessarily in this um, – Ask sorry set of results year in and year out if you can just get it going. And that's why we're all sitting here hoping like hell that he gets this thing going because I do think it opens the door to a couple of pretty good recruiting classes. And then all of a sudden you got the ball rolling. We've all see how it works. Uh, you know, winning seasons beget winning seasons beget winning seasons and great recruiting classes. And then wait till our influx of that Spanx money when she dies and we get that 500 million each. Well, we probably shouldn't curse it by mentioning that we need her to die for this to happen. She's a relatively yeah, young she lady. Just, she could just just give the money. Cut us a check. Yeah, she'd be fine with that. She doesn't have to. She doesn't have to die. We're probably not in her will right now. The one, uh, the one, uh, just following up on what Jeff's saying though. But I, I do think what you're looking for is you got to have that class that kind of turns it around. And if you look at her historically at Florida State athletic, Florida State football, it was that Odell Hagen's class. Um, you know, the class that Jameis and Mario Edwards and those guys, sometimes a class comes together where a bunch of dudes all want to go to the same school and that kind of gets things going. You know, last year they had some pretty big time players, Julian Armella, Azaria Thomas, Sam McCall. I mean, there's some, I mean, they love Omar Graham, those young offensive linemen. That could have been the class. And then if you can have a good success this season, maybe that carries over to a higher level class this coming year. So they also had, I don't know if you remember, they had a kid that was ranked really, really high in the country that had been committed for a while and he didn't end up showing up. Which... Don't recall. Don't recall. Oh, y'all don't. Okay. I don't. Next I can't headlines, recall Corey, we're running out of time. Next headlines. <laughs> okay. I'd like you to yeah, big reveal. Right. The big reveal sure. next Tuesday. Perfect. I can't That's remember his name anyway. I have to go look it up. For uh, Corey and Ira, I'm Jeff. Our thanks to Director Matthew and all of you. We'll talk to you next time. Be well, everybody. Peace.